Turn with me, please, to a couple of openings. John chapter 14. And then I think we'll be going to Philippians chapter 4. We begin, uh, I guess, a couple of weeks ago now, on a new series that we're now calling Careful for Nothing. Hallelujah. And there are some really important things that we've already touched on. And uh, man, this thing is just growing in me today. I was trying to see where, I mean, it's like you see no cells under the microscope where it was one, then it becomes two, and then you break off, and then it becomes another one. That you, you want a multiplication of cells. And uh, that's kind of, it was me, it, was a, it got too big for that one. I said, okay, that's another sermon. So I put that over there. Okay, boom, boom, boom. Oh, that's another sermon. So I put that over there. Just the Word of God is something else. It is so living, hallelujah, alive, so full of light, truth, everything. And all of it will make you free. Is that right? And answer your questions and bless you. Glory to God. John 14, John 14 and verse 1, 14.1 says, these are red letters in most of your Bibles, the master speaking, let not your heart be troubled. Who's the understood subject? You. The Lord is saying, you don't let, don't allow your heart to be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Skip down to verse uh, 27. All of this is rich, but if I I start reading it, (laughs) be like that multiplying sales again. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Then he says it again, let not your heart be troubled. Why would he tell you again? He just said it just a few verses ago. Why would he tell you again? Don't let your heart be troubled. Just in my small experience with this, I know from dealing with folks going through crisis and situations, many, many, many Christians, good people, saved people, do not believe you can do this. They just don't. I'm talking about a lot of Christians. They do not believe you can choose to not let your heart be troubled and choose to not be afraid. (laughs) They believe situations of life happen that are just too big for anybody to handle and you can be overwhelmed and nobody could avoid being troubled. Nobody could prevent themselves from being afraid. Impossible. I'm only human. But that's the subtlety of the devil's lies. Is everybody with me? You can't be wimpy to be a real Christian. It takes courage to just believe what the master said. (laughs) There's all kind of things the master said and that the father said. You look at it and you look at us and you'd say, no way. 
You look at what he said. You look at the church. And you'd go. No way. But there's a way. His name is Jesus. He is the way. But it takes courage. To believe this. When it looks and feels. And your previous experience. Has. Would tell you it is impossible. Impossible. So you just have to. Choose by faith to believe if he said it, it can happen. If he told me to live this way, it's possible for me to live this way. Lord, show me what I don't know. Show me how to do this thing. So just making a choice right now to believe John 14, 27. (laughs) Now, a whole lot of people say, oh, I believe the Bible. But when you come right down to it, they don't. And we're not judging anybody. We're looking at ourselves. Say it out loud. I believe the words of Jesus. Jesus. And if he said, said, not to let my heart be troubled. troubled, And not let it be afraid. afraid, Then with his help. It is possible. possible. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's possible. No matter. No matter. No matter. What. Happens. It is possible. For. With the greater one inside of me. For me to look at it and go. I refuse. To get upset about this. I refuse to let my heart be troubled. Fear. I resist you. I refuse. To fear. I refuse to fear. It's possible. And not just be empty words, but a living reality. We together so far? Let's read the words of Jesus again. Everybody read it out loud. Say it out loud. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives Give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. Is this a word from the master? Should we respect it? Should we receive it? Should we say sir? Yes sir. You said. Don't do it. That's it. We're not going to do it. (laughs) Well I can feel you wanting some more help along that line. So. Go to Philippians 4. But it is tremendous progress just to make the choice to believe it. No matter what your experience has been or how impossible it may seem or look, you just choose. That's what faith is. Faith is a choice. You hear people say, well, I just can't believe that. I'm sorry, but I can't believe that. That's a lie. You choose not to believe it. You could believe it if you choose to. Faith is a choice. It's not based on what you see or feel or understand. It's simply a choice. When somebody tells you something, you decide whether you believe them or not. It's a choice. And I I think we have decided already that we believe Jesus. Am I correct in this assumption that we, we have already decided that Jesus is real and he's alive and he's our Lord and Savior and my big brother. Is that right? And he has never lied, 
and never will and cannot lie. And if he tells you something, that's it. No matter what you think, what you heard, what you felt, it's true. It's true. Philippians 4 and 4. Philippians 4, 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, Rejoice. The joy of the Lord is your strength, the scripture said. And uh, what are you going to do instead of be troubled? (laughs) What are you going to do instead of be afraid? You can't just do nothing. The enemy will seek to fill that vacuum. Right? And you don't want to just focus on all the time, you know. I think sometimes when it comes to confession... Folks only got a piece of confession and calling those things that be not and uh, didn't realize it was working even against them part of the time. Call those things that be not as though they were. Let's say you're hurting. And so they grabbed it and said, I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. I'm not hurting. Well, uh, is that the same as calling something that's not as though it is? Pain is. You're hurting. That's not something that's not. That's something that is. What's not? Healing. (laughs) I'm getting a lot of looks across the crowd. And the other part of this is if you go around constantly going, I have no pain. I have no pain. I have no, I have no, I have no pain. What are you hearing out of your mouth? Pain, 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 pain. That's on your mind. No, you don't want to focus on that. You want to focus on, I'm healed. I call my body healed. I call my body whole. I call my body sound. Hmm? Listen to me, kidneys. Function perfectly. I'm talking to you. Work right. (laughs) I call my kidneys whole. I call my blood clean. I call my heart strong. I call my lungs clear. That's calling something that's not as though it were. And you're hearing the good thing. Rejoice. So instead of just saying, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Quit it, quit it. You're worrying. Don't don't worry. Don't worry, I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. I'm not going to worry. I'm not, I'm worrying. No. (laughs) Instead of just trying to battle the problem, you have to replace it with something good. Fill up the void. Okay, we're not worrying. What are we going to do? We're going to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord all the time. And again I say Rejoice, skip down to verse uh, 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, first of all, let's look at this phrase again. He didn't say, try to do this. Just like he said, don't let your heart be troubled. He said, be careful for nothing. Who's the understood subject? You, don't let yourself be full of care about anything. The word care 
means anxious care, anxiety, and anxiousness. The uh, Young's literal translation says it that way, for nothing be anxious. Amplified says it like this, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now let's just stop right there. (laughs) Do most Christians believe that's possible? No, they don't. Most church-going people do not practice that, nor do they even believe it's possible. Should we take the Word of God seriously? And regardless of our experiences in the past or how much problems we've had with it, we're faith people. If God said we can live like this, we can. Is it possible to live day after day without worrying, without having anxiety? Without fret, is it possible? Is it, I want to ask these people over here: Is it possible? Is it possible? I'm looking at you in the back. Is it possible to go day after day, not losing sleep, not wor- not pacing the floor, not worrying, not being troubled, not being upset, not being afraid? Is it possible? If you believe that, you are in a minority. You are in a very exclusive group in the earth but it will enable you to live a life on a level most people never touch do not fret or have any anxiety about anything go back to the King James here in verse 7 and if you'll do that the peace of God which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now, now here's the thing. Everybody wants the peace of God to keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. But verse 7 comes after verse (laughs) 6. And you're not going to have the peace of God that passes understanding if you are going to worry and fret and have anxiety about stuff night and day. You have to do verse 6 to get verse 7. And he's not through telling you what to do. Verse 6, he tells us what to do. Verse 7, he tells us what he's going to do when we do that. And verse 8, he goes back to us again. Read it, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on what? Not just anything. You made the right choice. You said, I am not going to let my heart be troubled. I am not yielding to this fear. I'm not going to sit here and worry and fret about this. I'm not. And you prayed about it and you cast your care over on the Lord and you started praising and thanking God and the peace of God came and got in the chair with you. Now he's telling you how to keep it. You got to control the rest of the day and night what you're thinking on. Don't let yourself think on things that are not true, not honest, not lovely, not good, not a good report. 
If it's a bad report, once you heard it, now you know it. Quit talking about it. Right? Quit talking about it. Quit thinking about it. You think about the good report. Talking about the bad report's not going to help you. In fact, it can hurt you. And verse 9, if you'll think on these things, the things which you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, do it. And what will happen? He's back to what he's going to do. The God of peace shall be with you. The creator of the heavens and earth is going to be with you in your car, with you in your kitchen, with you. Come on, are you listening? In the bedroom. He's going to be with you. And he's telling you what he's going to be doing by what it said. God of peace. He's going to manifest his peace in you, on you. Just like he's talking about in verse uh, Verse 7, it's going to keep your heart and your mind. Oh, somebody say, I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. But let me go over it again real slowly one more time. In order to get verse (laughs) 7. Is everybody with me? Come on, help me out. You know that in order to get verse 7, you must do verse 6. And if you want to keep verse 7, you got to do verse 8. (laughs) <laughs> now go to First Peter, please. First Peter, the fifth chapter. First Peter, five and six. He said, "Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that He may exalt you in due time." God's not opposed to us being promoted, exalted. Glorified, he is opposed to us doing it. (laughs) That's not our job. It's not our job to promote ourselves, to exalt ourselves, toot our own horn. (laughs) It's his job. And he'll do it in due time, which is almost always later than your flesh would like for it to be. But there's a purpose in that. You need to get rid of some pride and die to some flesh so you can handle it. (laughs) Remember scripture said, don't put a novice in the position of leadership and authority. Because same thing that happened to the devil could happen to them. Could get puffed up, lifted up. Let them first be proven. (laughs) Would you hear how that went over that? (laughs) If you're thinking about using them as a vice president, Give them a broom. Give them a broom. That's going over big, ain't it? Let them first be proved. If you're not faithful in a smaller thing, you wouldn't be faithful in a bigger thing. People like to think they would, but Jesus said that that's how it is. Let them first be proven. And, uh, you know, things, if, if God's going to use you and promote you in some, some big ways, a lot of times you need to be proven for a while. You know, a big building needs a deep foundation. And you may think, when are they ever going to build that thing? They've been working in the ground for a year. Well, what does that tell you? It's going to be a big building. Is that right? This thing's going way up high. That's another message. You see how these messages are just... Verse 7, casting all, A-L-L. 
your care upon him. Well, then how much care would you have left if you cast it all on him? How much? Casting, come on, sit out loud with me. Casting all your care upon him. And why is he telling us to do that? For he cares for you and he knows we're not designed to handle worry nor fear. Any form of anxiety, we are not designed to handle it. It will break you down. It will age you prematurely. It will give you nerve problems. It will give you gland problems, organ problems, joint problems. Are you listening? Science and, and medicine is beginning to see some of these things. They haven't really connected the dots, but a few people are. And a few people have. I believe if the Lord tarries and time goes on, it's going to become more and more mainstream that people are going to realize what goes on in your heart and mind affects your body. The Bible has shown it and said it for millennia. Casting all. Come on, say it out loud. Casting all your care. Now, now who's the understood subject? You. Or to cast all your care. Who's going to do this? God's not going to do it for you. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. Well if you got. Now when we say care. There's actually a different word in the Greek. Describing care here. As opposed to taking care of. These are two different words. Two different meanings. He's talking about anxious care, anxiety, casting all your anxiety, all your worry, all your being upset, and your fears on him. Well, I'll just stop. If you've got anxiety and worry and fear, and all of us have experienced this stuff, haven't we? If you got it, how'd you get it? How did you get it to start with? And then if I'm going to cast it on him, how do I do that? How do I do that? A lot of times we read these verses, we shout about it. But the truth is, there's a whole lot of people have had wonderful altar calls. And they go down to the front and they sing and they cry and bring your burden to the Lord and leave it there. And cry and, and get moved and say hallelujah and feel better. And then when the song stops, they pick it back up and they take it back home with them again. And sit there and cry and feel bad and worry and and how did you get it to start with? And how do you cast it on him? Did he tell us to cast it all of it on him? Should we do what he told us to do? Why did he tell us to do this? Because any parent understands this. Do you want to see your child vexed and tormented, worried out of their head? No parent wants to see their child, especially when you could fix it for them if they'd just quit that and let you have it. He loves us. He doesn't want to see us tormented and vexed. He doesn't want to see us go through all these things. He wants us to give it to him and just relax and rejoice and demonstrate faith and rest in him 
And, and that would give him the access and the right to get involved and do what you nor anybody could do. No man could do. Casting all your care on him for he cares for you. Verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walks about seeking whom he may devour. And what do you do with him? You resist him. Somebody say resist him. Steadfast in the faith, knowing the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. The devil will tell you nobody's going through what you're going through. That's a lie. People all over the world are going through the same thing. Nobody knows the pain I've been through. That's a lie. A lot of people know worse pain than what you've been in. And didn't cry as much about it either. (laughs) No temptation taken you. No trial test taken you. But such as is common to man. The scripture says. Same afflictions are being accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Throughout the whole world. Now I want you to notice something. Paul said. Spirit of God through Paul. Be careful for nothing. Spirit of God said through Peter, cast all your care over on him. Now I want you to go with me to, I believe it's 1 Corinthians here. Actually, it's 2 Corinthians, so you'd have been close. 2 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, and see something that's just uh, outstanding here. Do you believe you can learn how to cast all your cares over on the Lord? If you've learned a few things about it, do you think you have arrived? Or you, could you come up to a whole other level of it? Could you? Hmm? You know you could. The enemy's objective is to keep you and I upset, mad, hurt, scared, worried about something all the time. And if you finally get something fixed, he's going to be there with something else to get you upset Keep you upset. Keep you distraught. And there's a a strategy in this. A demonic strategy. It's not just that he says goody goody I got him to worry. Look at there. Ha ha ha. No. Much more going on than that. He's playing for keeps. And he seeks you know killing. Destroying. Stealing of people's lands and property and stuff. You ever heard that before? Killing and stealing and destroying. What spirit is that? That's the God of this world. That's the devil himself. And people are blind enough and deceived enough to yield to him. And even do it in the name of God. But see the enemy. He wants to kill all of us. He wants to destroy all of us. With people that don't believe in God. And have no faith. They're pretty easy pickings. And they got no protection. It's a dangerous world out there. But with believers. It's much more difficult for them. Especially. Those who know something of the word of God. And especially those. Who know something about faith. Those who value. The word of God. And how faith in the word of God pose a significant challenge to him. A problem to him. Because no matter what he might do, he cannot overcome that word. 
There is nothing he can do. He can't even weaken the word. (laughs) He can't stop the word from producing. He can't stop the word from coming to pass. If it is received and kept. But he has. The enemy has a weapon. A device. That he has used with far too much success. To get the word out of God's people's lives. And it's tied to what we're talking about. Now uh, look with me. In uh, 2 Corinthians. The 11th chapter. Verse 3. The Spirit of God through Paul said. I fear lest by any means. As the serpent beguiled Eve. Through his subtlety. The devil is tricky. Now if you don't believe that. You're going to be at a big disadvantage. People mock the devil. And old slew foot. And the devil's dumb. And you know I guess there's a case to be made there. About anybody that would oppose God. That ain't smart. But he and his, those under him, have been around, we don't even know how long. And have seen the rise and fall of kingdoms and and generation after generation of men come and go. And he is a master manipulator of human beings. Don't underestimate his subtlety, his craftiness. And the only way for you and I to be safe is to not play his game. (laughs) Not try to overcome him in his arena. Force him to deal with us in our arena. (laughs) And if you do, the Lord will cause you to triumph always, every time. You glad you're here tonight? He said, lest any means as a serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety. Eve and Adam were brilliant before the fall. They communed with God. And nothing was said about him watering it down for them. (laughs) He, He personally came down and communed with them. Well, they talked. They understood. They'd say, God, that sunset, that is amazing. How do you do that? And he'd tell them. And they'd understand it. These are not cave people grunting at each other. (laughs) But even though she's so brilliant, because of her And Adam too out there at the tree opened themselves up to listen to the enemy and reason with him. Now he's got you on his turf. And if you think you can match wits with him, you're kidding yourself. You ain't been around long enough to even start to know how to play the game. He's been all too successful. Deceiving human beings, tripping them up. And that's what the Spirit of God said, I'm concerned about you. Just like the serpent beguiled Eve, so your minds, so your what? Minds should be corrupted from the what? 
simplicity that is in Christ. When it starts getting complicated, that's when you need to get out of the room. Keep it really simple. God said it. I believe it. That's it. But you see what, what happened out there at the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Has God said? Starts to get complicated. Is that right? Did he really say? Yeah, yeah. God said, don't eat of the tree. And the day you do, you'll die. He said, you, you won't die. Die. You see, let me explain to you what's going on behind the scenes. God knows when you eat this, you're going to be in light implying he's kind of keeping something from them to keep them under him and in, the, in his control. And, and now, it was so simple. Don't eat the fruit. Come on, can you see this? But now, really? Yeah. Well, I didn't know it was all. Yeah. Now look at this. Can anything look this good? Be bad? Take a smell. Look. Can you see what we're talking about? He's got them on his turf. They're reasoning with him. Looking, listening. And their minds were corrupted from the simple, don't eat it, you'll die. And decided to uh, to eat it. He's saying the same thing to us. Go to the 28th verse in this same chapter here. The Spirit of God through Paul lists. He, he gives a list of all the things that he's been through. And he'd been through some stuff. Back up just a couple of verses to verse 26. Journeyings, perils, robbers, perils of the heathen in the city, in the wilderness, perils in the sea. Perils mean danger, dangerous problems among false brethren, 27. Weariness, painfulness, watchings, often hunger, thirst, fastings, cold nakedness. But look at verse 28. And beside those things that are without, everybody say without. That's stuff that happens on the outside. That which comes on me daily, the care of all the churches. Now this is the man God used to pen, be careful for nothing. (laughs) And here he says, the care of all the churches. We, you know, it's easy to read these things just as literary works. But if you'd have met Paul today, or you'd have went to one of these churches, you'd realize there are people like us. There was the church at Corinth, the church at Ephesus, the church at Philippi. These are towns just like Little Rock and Springfield. And, you know, to us, they, they sound almost mystical, but they're just towns where people lived and there were churches that God had raised up. Did he have any issues with these folks? I mean, just the church is is not even that old. And already they had some of the same issues we see here centuries later. And he goes on to say, verse 29, who is weak and I'm not weak? Who's offended and I burn not? Let me read some other translations to you. Young's literal says, verse 28, apart from the things without, 
the crowding upon me that is daily, the care of all the assemblies. Now this is Young's literal, author of the Concordance. And this crowding upon me, the same Greek words are sometimes translated press. Pressure is a tactic of the enemy. And he tries to push you and crowd you and squeeze you with care. It's tactic. And Paul said, and we know Paul's a man of God and and a faith man. He said, this pressure comes on me daily. Now, a lot of people have taken that and said, well, see, if Paul, he worried. It didn't say he worried. And some of your modern translations, they really mess this verse up. Take it back to the original and see what the words actually said. And the reason people do is because their doctrine is wrong. Because they don't believe these verses we just read earlier. They don't believe it's possible. He's the one that said, be careful for nothing. And yet he says, the care of all these churches come on me daily. Oh, here's the good thing. Here's the good news. It came on him. He didn't say he let it stay. It came on him, but the Lord showed him what to do. Is that right? And showed Peter the same thing. What do you do when this care comes on you? You throw it off. You cast it off of you. You don't let it stay on you. Oh, that was whether you know it or not, that was worth you combing your hair and coming out. I'm telling you. That if you if we just act on that one truth, it'll change your life. Cares come to everybody. You're not going to reach a spiritual condition to where pressures and cares no longer come to you. Paul didn't reach that place. What you can't, well, how then I, how can I then not let my heart be troubled? Well, it's right there in the language. Why would he say, don't let it? It's going to come. I said, it's going to come. You got to decide, I'm not letting this sit on me. I'm not letting this stay in my mind. I'm not letting this stay in my mouth. I'm not letting this rest on me. It will come. Doesn't mean you're not spiritual. Because temptations to doubt and fear and worry came to you. I'll just tell you right now. They're going to come. They came to Paul every day. They're going to come. It doesn't mean you have to give place to them. And just fall down and cry and give up. You fight. The good fight. Of faith, you resist the devil. That's what he said in that same passage in 1 Peter 5. Just the very next verse. Resist the devil. Resist him steadfast in the faith. And we know from other scripture, you resist the devil. What happens next if you really resist him? He will flee. That means leave in a hurry. 
He will flee from you. Does that mean he'll never come back? I wish it did. (laughs) I wish it did. But you're still going to be in this earth. And you're still going to have these things to deal with. But we can train ourselves. No matter what cares come. We don't let them stay. Brother Hagin used to say this. He said, uh, you can't prevent a bird from flying over your head. (laughs) You can't. But you can prevent him from building a nest in your hair. Well, you sure could. Right? You got, you know, four little birds that have built nests in your hair. And they've made a giant mess up there. And you say, I couldn't help it. I couldn't. That's a lie. That's right. I said, is that right? That's a lie. You did not have to just be still and let them do all that. <laughs> you did not have to just lay there or sit there and go, I don't want them doing that. I wish they wouldn't doing that. Oh, please, little birdies, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. You didn't resist them. You didn't shoo them away. You let them do their thing long enough to establish a stronghold in your hairdo. (laughs) And that's your fault. Right? That'd be your fault or my fault. No. Keep reading. He said, who's infirm and I'm not infirm? Who has stumbled and and I'm not fired up? Let me read the uh, BBE. It says, in addition to all the other things, there is that which comes on me every day. Not in me. Comes on me every day. What came on him? The care of the church at Corinth. And how their services have just got out of hand. (laughs) And there's no order. And it's just chaos and confusion. And how some of the other churches, they have now super apostles. <laughs> right? And I mean, and one of one, the church at Galatia, they got a new gospel. Some of the guys coming out of there have got a new gospel. And, I'm, and thing after thing after thing. Well, he cares about God and the plan of God. He cares about these people. He don't want them misled. He don't want them deceived. The cares come to him to worry about it and to fear about it. And God taught him to not receive it. Taught him how. We we just read it in, in Philippians. That's God speaking through Paul. He said, be careful for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Went on to say the peace of God that passes understanding will keep your heart and mind. And finally, brethren, whatever things are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, good report, praiseworthy, think on these things. That's a revelation of what God taught him to do when the cares come. Oh, come on, can you see this? He did not let the bird build the nest in his hair. He did not. It came, but he wouldn't let it stay. And the Lord said the same thing through Peter. Casting all your care over on him. Don't let them stay. Somebody say, don't let them stay. Will they come? 
thoughts, feelings, fears, to worry, to fret, to be upset. Will they come? They will come. Do you have to let them stay on your mind? Do you have to let them stay on your head, in your heart, in your life, in your mouth? No. No. You can refuse to. Even though they come, doesn't mean you let them stay. Now go with me, please. We'll see even more light in this. In Matthew. Matthew chapter 6. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're making progress. The enemy cannot make you do anything. He's a defeated foe. He doesn't have the power to make you fear or to make you worry or to make you think a thought that he brought or to make you say words and feelings that he brought. He cannot make you think or say or do anything. Amen. <laughs> cannot. Amen. Cannot. Now, if you yield to him enough You can get to the point where you don't feel like you're in control anymore. But it's because you yielded so much. And so long and so far. But you can come back out. You can just begin to quit yielding to it. And it might not change all overnight. But eventually you'll get completely free. Say it out loud. I don't have to to think anything. anything. I don't want to think. I don't have to say anything. I don't want to say I don't have to feel anything. I don't want to feel. See, so you can either receive it or you can resist it. Corinthians also said, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down. Oh, somebody say, casting down. Who's going to cast it down? Who? Who? That's our job. God's not going to do that for us. I can't do it for you. You can't do it for me. You can't get inside my head and cast down those things. I can't do it for you. But the Lord has given us the ability and power and the authority and the help of the Holy Spirit. Is that right? Certainly we can do it. Certainly we can do it. Casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. Oh, come on, somebody say every thought. Every thought. Every thought to the obedience of Christ. We have the power in God to grab any thought, every thought, and say, no, you don't. No, I'm not thinking on you. You came, but you can't stay. Get out of here. One of it comes back. Do the same thing you did last time. It's not complicated. One of it comes back a hundred times. Do the same thing you did the previous 99 times. <laughs> Hallelujah. Matthew 6. Notice what he keeps repeating in Matthew 6. We'll begin at verse 25. Therefore I say to you. This is Jesus. The master. I say to you do what? Do what? Take no thought. Now here he's talking about the same thing as the word care. He's talking about anxious. Worried. 
fearful thought. What did he say about an anxious, worried thought? Don't take it. Will it come? It will come. Do you have to take it? No, you don't. What did Jesus tell you to do? Don't take it. What anxious thought about what am I going to eat? Where's my groceries going to come from? Where's my clothes going to come from? What about my body? Verse 26. The fowls of the air, they sow not. See, he's given you something to think about instead of thinking about where am I going to get it? Do birds think about where are they going to get their groceries? No, they don't. Do they eat good? Yeah, they do. They don't reap. They don't gather in barns. Your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than a blue jay? A red bird or black bird or mockingbird? He feeds them. And they don't worry about it. Well, if we just had blue jay faith. (laughs) They don't worry about it. I said, they don't worry about it. They're having no episodes over the economy or who's going to be elected to office or not. They are wasting no time worrying about any of that. Verse 27. Which of you by what? Taking a thought. Worried, anxious thought. Again, this is not just thinking about something. This is taking a worried, fearful, anxious thought about it. Can add one cubit to his stature. In other words, what good has worrying ever done anybody? 28. And why do what? Take thought for clothes. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, they don't spin. He's giving you something else, giving you and me something else to think about instead of, are we going to have enough clothes? What about the kids? What about this? Kids need this. Kids need that. We need this. We need that. Stop talking about what you need. All it does is feed into you a mentality of lack. I'm in lack. I'm in lack. I need. I need. I need. Call those things that be not as though they were. I call every bill paid. I call every need met. I call every obligation fulfilled. Talk faith. Our children will be well dressed. Well fed. Well housed. I mean you need to say it. If you're in a cardboard box. You need to say it many more times. Come on are you with me? Put your words. Put your heart. Put your faith. God's a big God. He loves these kids. He loves us. Surely he wants everything well taken care of. But if you worry, if you fear, we're about to see it, you're actually playing into the hands of the enemy, allowing him to stop the word from coming to pass in your life. And he's convinced the church that it's, it's, it's unavoidable and it's really harmless. The devil has convinced most of the church, not us. <laughs> I didn't say we're the only ones, but a whole lot of the church, he has convinced that worrying 
Being anxious, being fretful, fearful is unavoidable. But it doesn't really hurt anything. You're upset. Maybe it's not good. Maybe it's not the strongest faith. But you're not hurting anybody if you're just worried. Everybody worries some. He's subtle. He's crafty. It's a lie. It hurts big time. We're about to see it. Keep reading. Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit? And why take you thought for the raiment? Can you see a recurring? Take thought. Don't take the thought. Don't take the thought. Verse 31. Therefore what? How many times have we heard this? Just in this one passage. Is Jesus redundant because he lacks vocabulary? (laughs) Why does he keep telling you? Don't take the thought. Don't take the thought. Don't take the thought. And then the two verses. And then don't take the thought. And then don't take the thought. It's like he didn't even tell you. Now when the Lord tells you something. uh, It's important. When he tells you twice. It's really important. When he tells you half a dozen times. In the same chapter. What should you be doing? You should be thinking. I've got to watch this. Is that right? I need to be on this with both feet. Why? Why is he saying this? Because. If you don't, and I don't really get on this, you will take the thoughts. And you will sit there and think about it and worry and cry and be upset. Christians are doing it everywhere. That's why he kept saying it over and over and over again. Say it out loud. Take no thought. 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 I'm quoting specific verses here. Take no thought. Don't take the thought. Saying what shall we eat? What shall we drink? Wherewithal shall we be clothed? Now most Christians don't see anything wrong with this. Do they? Well you know we're just so concerned. State of the country and the world. You know. We just we're concerned about our our retirement and our investments and man the value of currency and and the stability of the country and why <laughs> he gets so quiet. <laughs> I said, what's wrong with that? Jesus said, Don't do it. And most people just act like he didn't even say it. Well, you know, I I'm doing everything I can, but man, you know, tuition is so high. And it's even, and, and they're just eight years old. And I mean, by the time, <laughs> by the time we get to that college age, dear Lord, I mean, I'm already working two jobs. Is that not the same thing? Where are we going to get it? How are we going to do it? Pastors do it all the time. Preachers do it all the time. Man, you know, if enough people don't come, if enough people don't give, I mean, what what if we run up all those bills on that meeting and then folks don't give? I mean, what will we do? (laughs) Boy, you know, if the offerings keep going down, uh, how will we make the payments? How will we keep, how will we not lose? (laughs) I'm talking about pastors, talking about preachers. I've heard it with my own ears. 
I'm not saying I've always done it perfect either. <laughs> I do tend to do less and less worrying all the time though. I'm, I'm making good progress. <laughs> I, I just go days and weeks and months at a time and just, you know, look so worry free you'd think I'm clueless. <laughs> the, the more you do this right, there are a lot of people who genuinely, they will not understand it. And it'll bother them. They'll either think, either one, you don't have enough sense <laughs> to worry and realize what a mess you are in or could be in. Yeah. Or two, you just don't care enough yeah. to worry. Yeah. Sorry, rascal. <laughs> now, I know it's laughable, but people don't laugh about it. They get upset, tremendously upset. Because you don't seem worried enough about it. <laughs> Miss, uh, Miss Aretha Hagen, Brother Kenneth Hagen Sr.'s wife... They're both in heaven now. In the very early days of their ministry, when their children were very small, so they come in from some road trip one night, him and her and the two kids, and they were going up to their house, and they had been, you know, money hadn't been that good, and there were a whole lot of things going on, and just wasn't looking that hot, and, and uh, Brother Hagen was fumbling with the key, trying to get the door open, and there must have been some discussion in the car along the way, and and, and, and this is something Miss Aretha told publicly and many times, and, and Brother Hagen told it too, and said she's, she was upset with him. She said, Kenneth, I don't think if me and both kids fell dead right here on the porch that you'd even worry at all about it. He'd say, well, why would I worry then? You'd be gone. <laughs> You'd already be dead. <laughs> and apparently that didn't really go over that big... On that particular night. But Miss Aretha. Years later said. I finally began to understand. What he was doing. And why he did it. And I began to do it myself too. Oh. Do you want to do it too? I said do you want to do it too? Glory to God. Is it possible. To not worry. No matter what. No matter what. <laughs> but verse 33. Seek ye first. The kingdom of God. And his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Don't worry about it. You'll get your food. You'll get your clothes. you get your housing. you get everything you need. And verse 34. Unless you didn't get the previous five or six times. What did he say? <laughs> Therefore what? Take no thought, no anxious, worried thought. Don't take it. Don't take it. What's the emphasis? Don't take it. Have we understood that like we should? It's going to come. You can't keep it from coming. You can't keep a bird from flying over your head. But what are you supposed to do? Don't. When it comes, don't take it. Don't take it. Well, if you're not going to take it, what are you going to do? You're going to cast that thought down. You're going to refuse those feelings. Will they be real? Feelings are real. And they'll just come on you out of the blue, it seems like. I mean, you're doing pretty good and all at once. You just have this sad feeling. 
And, and you watch this. Uh, our youth do better than many, but especially teenagers who haven't learned much about this yet. And the same thing is true with spiritual teenagers. They're always talking about their feelings. I've, I feel good today. I, I don't feel. I feel. I feel. And oh, buddy, if you live by you feel, you will be a yo-yo basket case. But the re- one of the reasons why so many are, are so manipulated by it is because the feelings are real. And they think because they're so real or they're so strong, it's just something beyond me. It's just nothing I can do anything with. Lies, lies, lies. What did the head of the church, what did the master tell you? Come on. What did he say? Don't take it. It'll come. But don't take it. So I don't care how I feel. I don't have any right to feel this way. I am blessed. After all God has done for me, I have no right to feel depressed or heavy. Depression, I resist you. Fear, I don't take it. I don't take it. I'm not taking it. Come on, somebody needs to try it out loud. I'm not taking it. Oh, it'll come on you. You'll feel it. you want to go close the door and and put the cold cloth on your head and just lay there and be sad. And if you do, you're being a dummy. (laughs) Quit it. Quit it. We've all done some of this, but let's grow up. Let's grow up. What did the Lord say? Don't take it. Don't let it. Don't receive it. Don't do it. Right here in this same book in Matthew, I want you to go over to the 13th chapter. Sit out loud. Take no thought. Don't take it. Thoughts are not the benign nothing things that most people believe they are. Thoughts are spiritual and they are real. They are spiritual seeds. A thought is a seed. If you just get that established in you, It'll change how you deal with things. Many people believe, well, you know, I've thought about it, but I'm not going to do anything. You did do something when you thought about it. Well, that's, you know, thinking about it doesn't hurt anything. That's exactly what the devil wants you to believe. There was a time when Branson Church was a thought. It was a thought that came to us and we thought, huh? It was a new thought. <laughs> there's no building, there's no people, there's no service, there's nothing. But it is a seed. It was and is God's thought. He gave us his thought about this. And Sarasota, word supply, everything. Anybody understand what I'm talking about? There was a time when it didn't exist. It was not a part of our life. It wasn't, it never crossed our mind. But the Lord gave us a thought. And over the, uh, we, we could have just rejected that thought. He's been giving us some other thoughts here lately too. 
know about different things. And when a thought comes, what do you need to discern? Where did this thought come from? Is that right? Because that's how everything starts. People that have got into terrible sin and just really messed their life up. It didn't just start by that thing happening. How did it start? A thought. And the enemy brought a thought. Come on, can you see that? We revere God's word as we should. But what are his words? The words are different depending on what part of the country you're in or the world. We're talking English words tonight, mostly. (laughs) But Christians in other places are speaking Italian words, Russian words, different words in China, different words in Japan. And yet, though you couldn't understand them or they couldn't understand you, depending on what was going on, especially Christians in the same Holy Spirit and the same Bible, could be the very same thoughts. But you see that thoughts put in a different container. God's words contain God's thoughts. That's why they're so precious. A God thought is not just something to pass over your brain. A God thought is a seed that can produce itself in the spirit and the material universe. A devil thought is a seed that can produce in the spirit and in the material world killing Stealing and destroying. Can you see this? Thoughts are not nothing. Thoughts are not insignificant. Thoughts are spiritual seeds. That can bring things to pass. It starts that way. It works in you. It works in you. And eventually works out of you. Just like a seed. You plant in the ground. Looks like nothing's happening. But something's happening under the ground. And eventually, it'll push up through to the other side. Thought gets in you. If you take it. I said, if you take it. Did we have to take the thought about starting a church in Branson? No, we didn't. No. We could have thrown that down. We could have said, oh, no, 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 no. We're busy. We're No, God's not going to make you take his thoughts. If he has to, he'll get somebody else. He'll offer the thought to them. That's right. If you won't take it, you won't take it, you won't take it, you won't take it. Eventually, time's passing. Things got to be done. He'll bring that thought to somebody else. The devil will bring thoughts. But you don't have to take them. Somebody say, I never have to take the devil's thoughts. I never never have to. Matthew 13 is in here is what we call the parable of the sower 
or the parable of the seed. And he talks about the incorruptible seed of the word of God being sown in four types of ground and the results of that. And later on we see the four types of ground are four types of hearts, of people. And what happens when the word goes in? Well, he's talking about a Greek word, a Hebrew word, Chaldean word, Italian word. It doesn't matter what container it's in. It's the same thought. Come on, can you see this? The word is just containing the thought. But that thought is precious. Oh, somebody say precious. That thought is precious. The thoughts of God are so precious. Come on, say it out loud. Say it out loud. Precious. Precious. The thoughts of God are so precious. Psalm 139 says that. I was, I was looking to find it. Psalm 139, 17. How precious are your thoughts to me, O God. How great is the sum of them. Why? Everything that's created was a thought God had. <laughs> that he conceived and believed and spoke it into existence, but he had to know what he was speaking it was, so, it was a thought in him. It was a vision in him. And he has made us capable of receiving his thoughts and thinking his thoughts after him. Well, the devil saw this. He knows how it works. And so he has twisted this principle and he tries to inject his thoughts into human beings and he's been far too successful at it. In Matthew 13, Matthew 13, 22. He that receives seed among the thorns is he that hears the word and the what? The what? Same word that we're supposed to be careful for nothing. Cast all your cares on him. The care of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, they do what? They do what? We're talking about the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. There's something that can choke the Word in your life so that it becomes unfruitful. Luke 8 talks about the same thing. Luke 8, 14. That which fell among thorns are they which when they've heard they go forth and are choked with cares. The devil's not just trying to get you and I to worry and fear so he can say, goody, goody, see there, I got you to do it. Something much bigger going on here. He can't stop the word if we choose it. So what he does is bring us his thoughts of fear and worry and anxiety to supplant God's thoughts in us. He said, he's your healer. He said, nothing's impossible. He said, he meets all your needs. He said, he's the greater one and his word cannot fail. But just like, you know, he told Adam and Eve, but here comes the devil. I know all those scriptures are in there, but this is the real world we're living in here. And he brings you thoughts of fearful things and destruction and failure of you and those that you love. And when he does it to me or you, you got a choice. 
in order to take those thoughts of fear and worry, you have to push aside the thoughts that God gave you. And if you give it your thought and your time and your words, you're watering the devil's seeds. And they will grow and you're not feeding God's thoughts. It'll choke out God's thoughts until all it's, you're full of is fear. Why did the Lord say, don't take those thoughts, 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 don't take those thoughts. Why did Paul say, be careful for nothing? Why did Peter say, cast all those things over on the Lord, don't keep them, don't keep them, don't keep them. Why did Jesus say, don't let your heart be afraid, don't let it, don't let it, don't let it. Why? Because if you take it, it can choke the word. Out of your life. So that it doesn't come to pass. But if you won't take it. That's it. That's all the devil can do. Is keep trying to bring them to you. Keep trying to bring them to you. And if you say no, no, no. I'm not thinking that. I'm not talking that. I'm not doing that. I refuse to fear. I refuse to worry. And then you take your little watering canister. And you water the thought God gave you. He said. He said. Come on, are you listening? He said he always causes me to triumph. He said he supplies all my needs. You're feeding that. That's going to grow in you. That's going to develop in you. And no devil, no demon, no curse, nobody can stop it from coming to pass in your life. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Stand on your feet, everybody. Let's lift up our hands. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.